0: Hey
1: guys,
0: Steve here. Today we're going to talk about growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. Welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, episode 322 of the Growing with Fishes podcast this week we have chris trump joining us all the way from costa rica
2: hey steve thanks for having me on man
0: yeah sorry we had to reschedule last week's episode because i was <laughs> i was traveling and now he's traveling but we managed to squeeze in the episode so it all worked out um you right. also have I'm less thanks for joining us West.
3: big up potent ponics big up chris trump big up infamous hope everybody's well big up everybody out in uh out in uh youtube land man hope you all living your best life hope you all smoking on something wonderful
1: infamous how you doing um great i've seen that we got chris trump here today so uh i took the opportunity to show my face but i think i'll be fairly quiet on this episode as uh i think this next level of knowledge bombs are about to be dropped so i'm excited to sit here and sponge it all up and uh yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope everyone's
0: doing well. Oh, yeah. I hope everyone has a, a good and happy holiday as well coming up, uh, whichever one it is that you celebrate. Um, so, uh, thanks a lot, Chris, for joining us. Why don't you? I know you have a, a little bit more limited time today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's new with you and, uh, and what you got going on in Costa Rica? Uh, sounds like you got quite the awesome project there.
2: Yeah, it's been pretty awesome. Wes and Infamous, good to see you guys be on here feel free to jump in with a question no uh no pressure just a farmer well uh, like
1: the it's rest a pleasure of to uh finally talk to you uh as i went through my korean natural farming obviously you pop up quite a lot so to be able to sit and exchange word with you it's uh it's an honor so big thanks for potent ponic for putting all this together and yourself for coming out
0: yeah so uh, tell us a bit about what you've been growing down there. I know you've been working on all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's, um,
2: there's a three-month project to um, set them up with a process to use natural farming on their property perpetually. So to build a lab and train their staff and so, yeah, started off by going in the jungle and putting a bunch of IMO1 collections going right off while well, we built kind of the infrastructure we needed and find, found and source materials for um, large scale IMO3 and 4. And yeah, it was just kind of a process. We put in uh, a chicken, a uh, natural farming chicken um, coop and Train their staff on natural farming food making for the chickens, and did a whole uh, startup process. That was fun. But uh, it's about thirty acres planted in a food forest, beautiful property in the mountains. Uh, I was there for the rainy season, so just endless storms. and uh, it was I love storms. so watching watching the thunder and the lightning play was pretty exciting. But it created, a ton of challenges with uh, the work we're doing, just getting trying to create dry space to make. Uh, we ended up making uh, about 4,500 pounds of IML4, and then we have about 1,000 pounds of IML3 left over um, to be made later. And uh, yeah, built to put in a platform for a lab. Um, I trained, uh, we hired a farm manager um, who's still down there. Uh, I just left. I'm going back to uh, see my kids, um, be hang out with them for the holiday. day. But um, yeah, I found a great uh, Tico guy, native Costa Rican, and he is um, got to train for a month and a half with me, and we did all the things. And now it's his show, and he's uh, got the layout for the lab and shelves and table to put in, and he's going to decide how he wants it laid out for his workflow. And so, yeah, it was really, it was training training somebody to and making a lab with them, making a whole operation and training them how to use it. And now I'm in communication with them um, remotely, and this project has uh liquid IMO going out. A few times a week, and solid IMO being applied, corn, and uh, squash is planted for the chicken's feed after uh, what we fermented runs out in about six months, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it was a blast, and a bunch of challenges, um, and a lot of hard work, but, you know, farming works good for the, the body and the, and the soul, so, yeah, I took advantage of that, too
0: oh yeah i know you had some close encounters with snakes and all kinds of fun stuff down there i know we yeah talking about that in the day.
2: i learned a bunch of respect from the jungle for sure
0: <laughs> um what are what challenges have you had there in the tropics as compared to doing stuff in north america uh, on the knf side i've noticed here in thailand that we have like a lower percentage of getting like we have a higher percentage of success with the imo when we do have one that fails the trichoderma like rips through the whole thing and it's like one giant green block much more aggressive than i've seen in north america um when it does get contaminated and that was just, yeah. just one observation not here what uh what are some of the different challenges or differences that you've noticed in the tropics compared to um you know north america yeah
2: i mean bugs and everything um, we're trying to be um Yeah, I think the the solid green trichoderma is um, probably just the the timing the timing in the tropics because you know it's so warm at times and then damn boxes in two days instead of five uh, and that can fluctuate in a couple weeks just depending on a little. Temperature shifts, um, you know, stormy dark days are cooler and then sun comes out and high humidity. So just the uh, yeah, IMO one and two is always a challenge. Um, change in the environment. Um, Costa Rica specifically just acquisitions challenges, getting the tools and or materials needed for doing the process, that that was challenging all by itself. We were up on the mountain in kind the of middle of nowhere. So, even the close, uh, Faria, yeah. the, anyway, the uh, the kitchen store has a hard time. You know, they can send it up on the truck. We got to get delivery. And so, we're yeah, things just move slowly, um, in uh, some cases. But otherwise, I mean, tropics is my home turf. That's where I grew up in Hawaii, I learned how to do natural in the tropics. So it all feels really easy.
0: Awesome. Um, have you um, worked on anything that you uh, haven't shown off yet that you feel like sharing? I know we've been experimenting here with um, uh, putting the coconut water in the IMO for the rice when we cook that um, and then we've also been doing a lot of different versions of the ipmo here playing with that and then i had one that i was actually kind of excited to talk to you about because i haven't had a chance to yet so the other day i just got a beta in fact i can show you said beta um there she is anyway so i was feeding her ants the other day and she didn't eat one or two of the ants and it fell to the bottom and i noticed within 24 hours it was completely covered in a fungal fungal growth like a, aquatic fungi
2: it oh, made cool. me wonder
0: if i could use that as a new way to culture an ipno type substance right take some insects put them in, in a local water source or a wa- local water sample to, to culture that um you know insect fungi. and then i'm going to do some test trials and some mason, you know we have a bunch of mason jars or whatever i can throw some bugs in there and that would be amazing yeah it, so but it got me thinking like a whole new avenue to collect something that would feed on them
2: you know what i mean? aquatic feed web, food web is you're just you're just playing that across the line there
0: yeah yeah so that i was wonder if
2: it where... would yeah i wonder if it would work in like a soil-based system too
0: yeah so we're gonna we're gonna give it a test run and see if it works that's super cool this, but we have some uh we have some flowers hey. on the front of the house that have mealy bugs so they're good experimental uh, platforms to kill
2: yeah well and and good good learning from nature i mean just watching something happen is how nature teaches us so much of the time. That's awesome.
0: And you've taught me so much. I really can't thank you enough for all the knowledge. I mean, certainly when I was in Zim, there, that gave us something to actually save the farm there with the grasshoppers and everything. And then we've used that now in a bunch of other places. And uh, I can't thank you enough for your advice on that. Um, what what um, have you been uh, doing mostly just bulking out the large scale stuff or you've been tinkering a little bit as well? Um,
2: I got to tinker. Uh, more tinkering with uh easy ways to make alcohol out of the f b j leftovers, you know, and so we made some really good banana flour vinegar. I'm sending some to my mom, she loves it for salad dressing, but kind of yeah just learning learning the further the art of fermentation um you know so that the bottom line can be affected you know that there's a um yeah, there's a real income potential to the farm. Um, and then uh, just uh, dialing in worm, worm farming, we didn't find a, a wonderful source of humic acid um, in a liquid form. And so really getting that online as fast as I could for um, use with this liquid IMO program they have. So now they're getting uh, really beautiful worm, cath- worm leachate um dark humic uh humic and fulvic acids so they'll be able to continue to spray the farm with uh all the ingredients and um yeah that that's i mean i love worm farming and having it in conjunction with the natural farming lab is i think one of the things that i most want to talk about coming up here i just there's the life in the worm castings um to do that with liquid IMO, where those are hung. At the same time, there's a, there's a uh, uh, IMO bag being hung in the water, there's a bag of worm castings. Um, I think they, the interplay is so good and important, Um, especially if you're putting all your FPJ leavings and your um, kind of ferments um, into the worm bin, even IMO. uh, Specifically, IMO, you have this kind of other kind of culture of microbes uh, persisting in that uh, container and has the long term or forever growth. You know, and you're never removing from it; you're just continuing to add microbes. And so, I think that is a battery a storage battery for microbial life and um, beneficials. I think worm farming is just it's something I did when we were doing it in Hawaii um doing the macadamia nuts and it's just something I haven't been able to kind of pair up really easily um it's kind of been one or the other um but we, we were doing it some on the thousand acre farm in Iowa um Kyle Schnell ha- out there had a uh, Johnson Sue, and I was like yeah put all the IMO we had a failed IMO one or a couple failed IMO ones those went in successful IMO uh three and four those went in and you know FPJ materials and so um getting that life established the worms work well with it and um you know now you have kind of two places that's coming from um again with the whole goal or is to foster you know maximum diversity and uh yeah and so that's kind of what I'm excited about or to help kind of everybody get a glimpse of. So I filmed some videos and I need to do some more.
0: Yeah, speaking of videos, not only do you have uh, probably the best single source collection of all of the uh, KNF inputs on your YouTube, you also have an incredible class that I was uh, lucky enough to take on for your online class. Do you want to mention that as well? Because it's, it's, you know, better than any of the other ones that are out there in terms of KNF content um you cover so many different aspects and you i know you've added a bunch to it since you first launched it so um, why don't you tell people about that because it really is a a wonderful resource especially with christmas coming up
2: thanks man yeah no it's um it's it's continually being added to uh the class is a forever membership so anything that ever gets added um you know as it improves you always have any, anything additional that goes in there but yeah it's some um, 40 50 hours of um, uh, class footage and uh mobile camera footage from kind of teaching how to do this and um and uh, yeah you get a certificate at the end showing that you completed that level of class and uh I think it's a it's a great way to learn it really helps people uh of jump on to the uh the more advanced stuff um and just hone hone their skills um i always prefer in-person classes and uh, i have three of those coming up in the spring um they are filling up uh one's in tennessee one's in cape cod and one that i will put on the website real soon is in may in ireland and um that's gonna be exciting. Uh, there's a lot of excitement um around that. But yeah, those are all on my website and uh website's going getting an update um as well. But you can find uh all the classes um in uh the classes tab. <clears throat> Thanks for uh encouraging me to say that to uh, Steve. And if you could uh, just give me a minute. Um, uh, I think you should uh, check out KNF Dairy, his website uh, and all. Um, he is who I'm going over to visit in Ireland. And that, uh, that country is, is uh, really blowing up in natural farming. So uh, check that out for a second. Um, I'm just going to uh, transition here out of the car. So love you. Be right back.
3: man i learned so much from him i like he started me on my on my knf and jadam uh my jadam track all his videos and stuff and i ended up taking uh draco's course because uh uh, i don't think chris trump had one available back then online uh when i started with knf but uh his videos were so good just like him explaining how things were going to smell and what to expect and and just step-by-step and easy to understand and, and like it saves you so much money in the long run and like increases the quality of your product as well as it, it connects you and your crop to nature as well. Like it is, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome.
4: oh potent you're muted
3: there buddy
0: oh that's good i've been talking since
3: i stopped talking shit
0: <laughs> yeah i did um chris trump has a, a wonderful set of resources on his channel um you know for for free on, on his youtube and then if you want to kind of learn you know, a little bit more and some of the more advanced stuff and a little extra info um and a bunch of techniques that he doesn't have on here um you know be sure to check out his his courses either in person or online they really are uh a whole tier above everything else and i i talk to chris all the time he's always you know coming up with new ideas and and all kinds of cool stuff and, you know so always exciting to uh to learn from the, the master i <laughs> know when i met him out in um i think it was a regen conference was that when 2017 or 2018 whenever the first one was in portland that's when i first met him and totally changed how i thought about aquaponics totally changed how i thought about microbial communities and To solve any of the different problems we were having with uh, with microbes and pathogens, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I just don't see anymore. Like, we don't see septoria, uh, we don't see, um, you know, a lot of the molds and stuff, we don't see pythium at all, right? Because the roots are healthy, you know, the microbial biodiversity is there to where if there is a pathogen, it has a predator as well in that root system. Um, Not to mention, you know, Chris has worked with some advanced stuff treating, you know, some of the mosaic viruses and nightshades which, you know, certainly has potential to treat other viruses and other plants. If that, you know, if it works for that one, you know, who's to say what other ones we can treat that way by having that additional microbe that triggers that plant's immune response to be able to fight it better or something that's directly, you know, preying on that that bad microbe. So, so, so much good knowledge and uh, definitely check out some of our previous episodes. I think this is the fifth or sixth time Chris has been on the show, maybe even more than that. So, uh, we do have uh, at least 10 to 15 hours of content with Chris in the past that you can check out uh, uh, as well. Uh, he's uh, currently getting at the airport, and once he gets through uh, security and stuff there, we'll, uh, he'll be back with us. What's uh, what's up with you, Kanatai? I wanted to say hi. I, sorry, I didn't have a chance to introduce you there. I'm so good. Just hanging, man. Uh,
4: getting ready to start uh, those autos and some other things here, and Stoked on some of the stuff I'm seeing out here, which is uh, the Mutant and the TIE hybrid shit stuff we're running. She's running a bunch of stuff, man. Yeah, some <laughs> of the freak show mutant, are
1: fucking
4: raging did you a little see, bigger. Yeah, dude, right?
1: I seen on Shopee last night, dude, there's a guy here selling all Mutant clones and he's got the Berry free clones for sale. Oh really,
4: dude. that yeah, got free awesome. show,
1: super freak, ABC, doc, fucking uh berry freak, all for sale on Choppy, like 400 450 by the clone. Yeah, I dig that fucking berry
4: freak, man. That that's what got me inspired. It. <laughs> that was What's really cool. That's the one I don't know. What's the average price for
0: a clone right now? For for like an average 450, 500 Are you fucking serious? yeah man yeah flower.
4: you see what I'm saying you see what I'm saying dude for real yeah. Yeah, and anyways. dude if they're big hey that's a cut that's a cut if you got like teens and shit that's a whole different that's not even the same category
1: yeah, yeah but when and I they, normally uh, sell to like over 100 I drop it to like 300 350
0: we're about to drop about 1500 plants into that greenhouse bay we're just finishing chopping down the last of the plants and cleaning up. On the, on the UV lights tonight to nuke everything in there, just to be on the safe side. And we'll spray it down again, let it sit for a day with the with the sunshade open to cook off. You know, and then you know, we'll be good to go. I know. Uh, like to do like a two day reset between sprays, UV, and just sun. You know, between that, there's nothing that really
5: makes it. all
0: right um what uh what else is new with your garden there uh infamous i know you've been working on all kinds of stuff wait, nothing just...
1: just been trimming and fucking smoking good shit so this is uh some of that juicy pussy <laughs> so i shouldn't even be smoking on it yet it's like barely dry but It's fucking just stinks and it's, it's dank. Um, Got a whole bunch of other shit fucking almost ready to smoke. Wi-Fi OG, fucking Oreo gushers, fucking, oh, the list goes on. The list goes on. Awesome. Um, Oh, that group you entered me into. We had a bunch of drama with them yesterday. That was quite funny. So that oh, cool. Discord group you entered me in that like Thailand one or me.
0: whatever. Oh, the Thailand. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're
1: talking about. Yeah, dude. I was like, I had all those uh, Black America seeds. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, free seeds for everyone on the group. I don't care. Just fucking send me money for shipping. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they fucking banned me from the group. And That's then crazy. like, the tr- yeah and then the true guy the true crime thailand guy was like came to my rescue he's like fuck that's bullshit blah 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 and anyway Uh, they ended up like taking me back and giving me a whole bunch more privileges and shit but it was funny i was like what uh,
0: chris um did i know you had been working on um treating a couple of different um plant diseases with imo do you want to talk a little bit about that i know you had some success with a couple of different things
2: yeah um i have um definitely played with uh i don't know i think i think across the board if if once you get established imo i'm just seeing disease isn't really our our thing um i have found that uh there's certain diseases that really need the liquid imo application so some diseases you're sorted through that that soil application hold on just a sec Uh, I'll keep talking, but some are sorted through that soil application. Um, Well, others really need the leaves affected, like uh, the bunchy top virus in bananas. They really need that foliar application of microbes for whatever reason. However, that pathogen is affecting them. It needs to be uh, introduced to the leaves to outcompete it. That's awesome. Then,
0: um, yeah. Sorry, guys. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you.
2: Yeah. And then um, the big one is that the I dealt with in Thailand that's an ongoing uh, attempt is um, leaf cutter ants. It's, uh, it's a serious thing there. These communities of ants are... Um, massive i mean their houses are you know as big as like one of the bigger than one of those kiddie pools uh, and deep underground and uh and they just march along the farm slicing up leaves and and they'll completely defoliate a tree in the day if they if they choose it as a as the tree they want to eat that day they're looking for certain sugars and then they take it back to their their nest and they ferment it in the ground, they they mix it all together. These pieces, and they make like a, a fermented cake. It's like chunks of bits that they provide, and then chunks of the plant material, and they make like a, a an edible compost. Is I mean like a ant kimchi. So learning about them and learning about how they might be affected by fungi, how they have potentially fungi resistant um, exudate that they put around their um their ant farm uh their ant home and then um yeah exploring what could kill them uh not to annihilate them from the jungle i think they're an important part but really to suppress them on the farm and so um right now our backup is uh jwa we're gonna use soap um and potentially sulfur eventually if JWA doesn't work but JWA tends to be uh pretty effective for um suppressing things that just need a little bit of nudging to go find something else there's a huge jungle nearby um but hopefully the IMO is going to be enough to suppress these ants uh on this tree farm so we're we're watching that unfold now in the next couple months uh we made it using some um ant hill some of their um, home um, as well as several types of ants getting into the IMO and getting cooked so um, we're uh, we'll see we did not do the IMO one with ant frass Um, it wasn't something I could figure out uh, well in Costa Rica but we can circle back to that definitely in the next six months
0: We've had good luck attracting the ants here with sugar water with um, Dawn soap on top. They can't; it breaks the surface tension and they just drown. That's been a good way to collect a bunch of them. Obviously, you got to rinse the soap back off. But
2: um, okay, yeah. A
0: way to trap them. Have you
2: gotten some good blooms on ants, or have you seen uh, it? We haven't specifically.
0: I haven't gotten that far yet. We were mainly trying to trap them to keep them out of the greenhouse because we have these giant red ants and they don't mess with the plants, but they bite and sting like they are just a pain in the ass to deal with so it's like i don't hate that they're in there but i need to keep them at a you know level that's not you know painful to work with
1: yeah totally
2: (laughs) they have black ants like that in costa rica it was my least favorite insect while i was there least favorite creature (laughs) they'd sting you in the ankles anytime you went outside without shoes on and uh yeah, I did not love them. Um, but there's this little black bee, this stingless black honeybee. It's so pretty. And uh, they're gentle. They're super curious. They're always around in the morning. That was my favorite creature in Costa Rica.
0: Any beetles Both killable.
2: Or...
0: <laughs> any beetles or anything else crazy that you had? Uh, or any funky insects that you were just like, man, I don't know how the fuck this yeah. is or how to deal with this.
2: No, I mean, the rest is really, deal- like, it's, it's within the realm of normal things I've dealt with that, um, you know, healthy plants basically have their own resistance to, but the leaf cutters are that one, you know, kind of curveball that we're, we are got to figure out, and um, everybody keeps telling me, if you find something that works for the leaf cutters that's organic, you're a millionaire. I'm like, well, I probably get a tough way, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> We're working on it, though. Um, Eber, who's down there, is gonna is doing a great job, and so yeah, I'll keep you posted on that.
0: It made me wonder if you wouldn't have a better collection by obviously this would be horrible to do, you know, preface with that. But if you dug the nest up and then tried maybe to raise it off of the young, because the young would have a different immune response and a different response to fungi, they wouldn't have as much resistances as the well, adults. Well, what exudate. <laughs>
2: What I did is I found an ant, an ant nest and I got the tractor and I took two scoops out of the center of the nest and we'd shoveled uh, another nest down. So I just figured I'd throw the whole thing in there. And if I got the fungi to cook and bloom, whatever would consume them could, uh, could be a, a pathogen. So it was a little rough and dirty, but you know, first time I figured out IPMO was rough and dirty. So I figure uh, we'll, we'll see what we come up with here. Uh what I want to go back and see when I go back in February is I want to go see um some ants under the trees with fungi all over them. And uh then we'll start looking in on that, trying to figure out exactly what that is.
0: Oh yeah, there's tons of different cordyceps and stuff that go after the ants down there. It's just a matter of hunting them down for sure. That's yeah, they have the
2: zombie, they have the zombie fungus in Costa Rica.
0: Oh yeah. Yep, that's the cordyceps. Yeah, uh, okay, it's okay. good stuff. Good for yeah. ant, a lot of they make a lot of uh, anti cancer compounds out of many of the different species of that as well. In fact, the number the second most manufactured cancer drug is derived from that. Very cool, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, I know we've had good luck with boric acid and uh, and metarizium against ants, but I don't know if either of those are either available or legal there.
2: So yeah, I'm curious. I know that the ants, if they're fermenting, they're going to want some of the um, sugars in the leaves and I don't know how they select for the leaves, but I'm hoping that if these plants are healthy enough that they're not expressing as much sugar in their leaves and they're expressing more of these complete proteins and fats that the, it won't be the ideal food source for these ants. I think they want those baby sugar leaves. Um, And so Maybe they'll just go for the new growth then, um, but as it is, they'll take everything from a tree. And so I think it's probably something the tree is expressing at that time, that they'll sniff it out. And uh, so I'm hoping that a healthy orchard will be a resistant orchard, but we'll have to see.
0: No, oh, that's interesting. That's a, certainly a peculiar issue that we don't, have, thankfully don't have to deal with here in Thailand, <laughs> <But> I know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so first step is to get good IMO down and to be treating the trees, get everything nice, lush, green and healthy. And then uh, if we're still having ant problems, we'll have an interim step of the uh, JWA and uh, we might go for more of a proper IPMO with uh, IMO1 filled with ant carapace.
0: I always love the smell of the IPMO. When you brew a big batch, it smells those, like winter fresh, winter green smell to it. It has a really, really peculiar smell to it compared to the, the other inputs for, for IMO. And it's especially with it being December, it smells kind of festive. You know?
2: <laughs> there you go. In Thailand, festive. Kind of weird being in the tropics in the, uh, in the winter. There's no real sign that uh, it's Christmas time or, uh, you know, holidays in general. Being in Boise, and Idaho, it's uh, full on winter. They get the you get the snow on Christmas Day.
0: Oh yeah, um, uh, w- is there any tips for people, or can they just not? Because I get this question sometimes about collecting IMO when it's cooler outside. You know, is it possible, or is it just something that you kind of have to be, you know, fifty or sixty degrees Fahrenheit for it to really work well?
2: No, absolutely, you can. Um, but what you have to do is you have to find the leaf litter out. I filmed a video for this and just never finished publishing it, so that's kind of the story of things lately. But sorry for that. But I'll tell you right now: you go out into the forest and you find that leaf litter. So get you know if it's snow on the ground, get your get warm and uh, ready for some you know deep forest in the winter uh, excavating. Where you dig down and find that leaf litter and you can find mycelium, um, bring that back um, a box of it and get it, um, get it in the garage, maybe in a cardboard box, and then put your IMO1 collection with your rice in there with it. So you have, and then open top on the box, you want airflow. So we had an uh, indoor operation in Colorado, we did this in the winter with some success um, where we, uh, yeah, we brought the material down and we got it to bloom indoors um, in controlled temperatures. Um, So you still introduce microbes to the box um, with a paper towel and all that. Again, we only want the microbes to grow in there. We don't want any plant material. So you don't want to just stick that stuff in there. Um, That's how we create that preserved effect in IMO2 is by not having any plant material in there, not having the debris, um, just the microbes, they will all go dormant and you'll have kind of a, a dormant material. But if you have plant material in there, the center of the plant material stays kind of active, untouched by sugar, bacteria can go crazy with it and kind of make your IMO2 alcohol.
0: Nice. Um, any yeah. other um, any other things with rice? I know. Um, is there any difference if you're using rice like jasmine rice or white rice or um, brown rice or wild grain rice? That's another question. We'll get quite a bit.
2: Yeah, it, I I've really found I've tried I've tried a bunch of different rices. I've really found that you get the best success, most consistent success with with white rice and and uh, you know these Asian varieties, short grain white rice, is um, what works best. What about what about sticky rice? I'm just curious. So, sticky rice is generally a process where you're adding a little bit of vinegar um, in the cooking process, and um, that's just not necessary. Um, you can add a, a touch of vinegar in FPJ. Um, I think you're getting a similar effect, uh, Steve, as you trial with the. Um, coconut water is you're adding just a little bit of nutrient to that rice um but yeah sticky rice can work the thing is with sticky rice is it's uh not it's it's not al dente cooked and uh so there's not airspace between the grains and we really want that airspace for the um we want that airspace for the fungi and aerobic-loving organisms to move into. So sticky rice being kind of all glommed together is not ideal either.
4: Right, right. Yeah, you just get a surface thing, and that's it. I get it.
2: Yeah, the center will go gooey, and, and it'll be all bacteria in
4: there. Yeah, 100. Right
0: on, man. So when you crack it open, you know, it smells good or it doesn't. That's a good way to tell you got your cakes. Should
2: should smell kind of like the forest floor. Uh, should smell kind of earthy. Um, Steve, how are you liking playing with natural farming in a tropical environment? Kind of different, huh?
0: Oh yeah. Well, the, I guess the biggest lesson to learn. We did a bunch of wood. It's been like a day building a bunch of wooden boxes and all this stuff, and then we set them out there, and we we didn't fail, but we certainly didn't have the rate that I was wanting for success on all those boxes. So. One of the workers was like, "Hey, we can get these baskets for twenty bot. Like, let's just get a bunch of these and try it." And I was like, "All right." And we, we're not switching again. We're going back. We're staying with the baskets. That works ten times better. Um, the other yeah. thing, I guess, was the the bamboo lots of uh, airflow. Yep, yeah. the bamboo thickets are definitely like the place to do that. It seems to take you know a day or two faster um, with the bamboo areas mm-hmm. than the non-bamboo areas.
2: Yeah, just uh, you, you just want to use other areas too, because in the bamboo areas, you're going to get some very specific microbes. Um, you'll get a majority of bacillus subtilis, which will bloom nice and white. It's beautiful, it's super important for um, growing and for your crop. Um, cannabis, it's, it's wonderful for it. However, it is um, kind of limited diversity if you will. It's, it's, it ends up kind of taking over that space. Again, super positive. You want those guys um, in your space. However, that is um, going to be the majority of what you get in those bamboo. Um, same thing with rice straw, what's found in rice straw and in like regular straw that we grow in uh, Midwest. Uh, I have to go through security, Steve. So okay. if you want to uh, talk about the other cool things you got to talk about, I'll come back to you in about uh, 10 minutes.
0: Okay, sounds good. Be
2: safe. Okay, bye.
3: You muted yourself, buddy. Nah,
0: sorry. I'm still feeling under the weather as I was yesterday, but not quite as sick as I was yesterday, but I definitely got a bit of a convention cold, a bit of a cough definitely feel like i had smoked like a brick of hash yesterday oh, my, my lungs feel really fried but uh but i'm definitely feeling a lot better than i did yesterday i just pounded a bunch of coconut water and water and slept and helped a lot um what's uh what's new with your garden wes oh
3: well, you know just uh growing you know uh let's see i got uh um... My uh, island sweet sweet skunk is coming along beautifully. I got uh, one of them that just has amazing structure, just a stock on it like you wouldn't believe, uh, coming up real nice. Um, I got a bunch of clones. I just flipped them to solo cups. Uh, I got to take a bunch of I got to take a bunch of clones off those island sweet skunks, and then they're they're moving straight into the flower room. Uh, I got about eight plants in the flower room getting about a week or two away from coming down. I'm just waiting to see them whiten up and then crystals just get nice and white and uh, ripen up a little bit more in there. I got uh, Grandpa's stash, um, uh, Grandpa stash, uh, jaw fodder and uh, peanut butter cookies. Uh, the peanut butter cookies unfortunately doesn't smell anything like peanut butter or cookies but it's a uh, very, very, uh, almost looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it smells like uh fruit, blueberry, uh, like got uh, candy, like a candy berries, like uh, with a lemonade kind of in the back. It's, it's beautiful, but yeah, nothing like advertised. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just a lot more of the same. I, I got a pops and seeds. I don't know what I'm going to pop. I, I I'm still pushing back projects that I need to do where I'm going to, uh re-up some seeds and just just keep things fresh but i I keep putting it off i'm just too lazy but i need to i need to but i i also try to do mine uh so um so i do my pollinations right at the as spring comes and i can get the plants outside because once they've been pollinated i don't bother keeping them i don't worry about keeping them under 12 12 or whatever i'll throw them back outside uh harden them off for a week and put them outside and finish them for free and then put fucking smoking uh in my rooms indoors right so little trick you can get away with doing once it's pollinated they'll keep making the seeds so uh,
4: you muted there so. but that's about okay. where i'm at we also have um recreational
0: ross and dave snuck in
4: here sorry about i
0: didn't see that uh, that's go man yeah, I oh, like dude. doing them outside,
4: dude. I do the same. I, I, I do uh, boost them, and, I, and as soon as I'm ready to do my – dig get to the size or after you knock it or whatever you're doing, yeah, most definitely chuck it outside because then you get – like, I think it makes better. Not, bigger, I don't better know. Bigger, better seeds as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think – I just never made a seed under light, so I can't say because I just, I just don't want to do it. I think they're a little bigger. Yeah, and I haven't had to yet, so I'm not gonna until like I'm you know have to or something. This is totally piss rain or something over here, gnarly, and I can't.
3: But this, but this is my favorite time of year to grow, actually, though. Um, one of my favorite things to do this time of year is keep my nighttime temperature about three to five degrees hotter than my daytime temperature, and it's really easy to regulate because it's winter, right? And what that does is that makes your buds like. Tighten up like you were using uh, packs of butanol or whatever from back in the day. You get you that like it really just your buds like just lock down and get so strong that way. But it's nice to be able to pull that off here in the winter. Okay my like never get as good buds in the in the summer. But
4: it's funny. Dude, it's cold out. It's freezing this day here. I'm. I mean, not freezing, but cold, dude. Like I rode back after the sun went down last night. From my buddies up here checking out his stuff and um yeah it was actually like, cold and i had a hoodie on and, and like a motorcycle jersey and a hoodie on and still like it's cold bro i mean it's, it's mid 50s i guess dude and that's cold as hell to me now i mean i i barely get i sometimes i get chilled in the caribbean when i was in st croix you get out of the ocean and like get in the vehicle with wet shorts still and you got the breeze going through the jeep yeah you get goosebumps and stuff
0: well we but have, we, have like, we i we guess we have two two resident caribbean fuckheads we have uh and if you don't get that joke you will later uh <laughs> can't tie seeds and west engine so
4: yeah yeah, yeah man. Man. I, I love the caribbean man what a dude, that was an awesome um, you know, spot And, and time Wes there. is
1: also Canadian too, so he feels like two boxes, he gets to be like, yeah, like the Sean Paul,
3: pretty much. Mm. Yeah, man. yeah, the West Indian fuck at Sean Paul. <laughs> I miss the food too so much. Oh, the I mean, food—the food is what I miss the most. Yeah,
4: yeah. Food, It's a toss-up. The ocean too. See, I've never been in like I went to uh, St. John, a little island there, and the Trump Bay, wherever it's meant. Some of the snorkeling—I couldn't even. It was like going underwater to like Avatar, but not, you know what I'm saying? Like that was a whole. <laughs> yeah, man. It was nuts. Dude. I was like, what? Are you serious? But yeah, the Caribbean's amazing. And the people, dude, I got a like, family there now. I'm a family there, so, you know. Did oh, you yeah, know I that see that it.
1: photo I posted of those plants for sale in front of the market?
6: Oh, yeah. No, I missed so those.
1: Yesterday, I go to the market, and this guy's got two pickup trucks of Thai plants of all different sizes, from solo <laughs> pups to, like, 10-gallon monsters, Right. The guy doesn't know males from females, okay? So half the plants in the trucks are males, dude. This guy is literally driving around Bury Rom with trucks full of males. <laughs> just like pollinating the whole city.
6: Sorry, <laughs> right, I just had to <laughs> unmute myself for the scream you guys are about to hear. Holy shit. <laughs>
5: that's wow. this is
4: funny that, that's funny
1: did
6: you slash his tires
4: <laughs> oh nowhere buddy my all God, i said dude. to
1: him was like look at the females you got i said they're actually like worth something but that's they're it. not worth something when they're full of seeds and you can't be ruining everyone's garden i tried to tell him and i don't really think he gave a shit to be honest i think he just wanted to sell the plants you know, but they were full blown, not sacked out. <laughs> that is amazing. There's always life
0: something
1: life crazy.
0: Do so, you guys have any questions for Chris? I figured I'd let you guys ask him a couple questions if you want.
1: Definitely. Does he have uh, some remedies for septoria? <laughs> that he could go over that might be different than what you offered us. Um, Any type of something specific for the tropics, for the bud rot and stuff (laughs) in the rainier seasons. So probably just start with those two before I really start rambling them off.
0: Maybe Chris
2: didn't hear you there. I heard you one more minute, maybe 30 seconds. Oh,
0: no worries, no worries. Um, what, uh? I think we yeah, have
1: uh, a- to... Butt rot. So those are my concerns right now. Uh, do you have anything that you would suggest that we do in this very hot tropical environment where we're getting big swings right now too in the temperature from um, night and day?
2: I mean the uh, the environment is probably your your leading thing. I think treating the uh, the plants from a young age with a liquid IMO so that they have their own um, you know biome and their phylosphere up in the upper canopy and their leaves and and branches. Um, but then the environment is is what you have to rely on here. Um, as, as far as I know that that's is a fermentation in in the uh, in the center of the flower and that's um, yeah I don't I don't think I have anything else for you sorry the um, The, yeah, but the treatment—the treatment while they're young, um, com- completely covering the—that's uh, that's really why too we want that uh, that collection to be out in nature under the branches and canopy of the indigenous trees there, because that's the whole community of microbes we're getting in the pots, and really we need those um, those kind of upper canopy microbes to uh, be part of our collection so when we spray it on the yeah. soil dwelling microbes aren't going to do anything on the surface of these plants there's not a whole lot but the uh, the microbes that came falling off the uh, sorry, falling off the um, the leaves of the trees, those are going to be those those microbes have the potential to actually protect your uh, your plant from uh, disease and uh, really the the uh, maybe maybe a third of the battle for for what you're talking about with like the other two, uh, you know if you can uh, keep good airflow. Tropics things stay nice and fluffy and fresh. Sorry, it's so noisy, guys.
0: No, you're fine. I was just uh, going to comment. I'm jealous of how easy the time you have going through airport security compared to me with the dreadlocks.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would have been at least 10 minutes longer if it were me.
3: Yeah, man, step right this way. It's Mr. Steve Dredd. No, it's not random search, random.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I'll let you go. I know you're about to take off. So, but I appreciate you coming on. Um, and let me uh, throw your That's website here. If you guys want to check out his content, you can find his website at christrump.com. Um, if you want to take either one of his in-person classes or his online class, definitely sign up. Like you said, he's got three classes coming up. Um, uh, two in the U.S. and one in Ireland, so really excited about that, and um, his online courses, has got quite a bit of content now, definitely check that out, yeah, Grass Valley, Ireland, Manserville, Cape Cod, and Franklin, so super excited about that, be sure to check that out, and um, his YouTube channel, if you haven't already, uh, shoot, come on, oh, there we go, uh, his YouTube channel, great resource, if you haven't seen it already, be sure to check it out, um, yeah, the best and on the web for, for Canada.
2: comment comment on there and encourage me i got two and a half weeks with my kids and if i can occupy them in the evenings i can get a bunch more edited so i'm taking my work with me for the holidays and uh would love to uh put some more videos on there encourage me or or send happy thoughts that's uh, going to be a lot of work. They got hours and hours to work
0: Then so. uh, also check out the other work he's doing with um Korean Natural Farming Dairy in Ireland. They've got a bunch of cool content that they've put out as well and uh, really been killing it out there. So thanks a lot for joining us, Chris, and uh, always enjoy having you on.
2: Yeah, Steve, you should actually uh, you should actually talk story with Tom Stack from k Dairy one of these days. I think he would be a very fun, entertaining guest and uh, super knowledgeable on this craft.
0: Oh, that'd be great. We'd love to.
2: I'll put you in contact. For sure. See you, man.
0: Thanks a lot. Have a safe flight. See you, guys. Thanks, Chris. Later, Chris. Travel safe. Thank you. Thank you. Always oh, fun to. I think he's the first person we've had that was streamed from a plane. So, first <laughs> today. <laughs>
3: that is a first. That is definitely no, a first.
0: Yeah, no. Um, we'll uh, we'll do a proper intro here for recreational Dave. Uh, thanks for joining us. Recreational Dave. Recreational Rosin Dave. Sorry. <laughs> recreational Dave. It's so good,
3: it's great to <laughs> I like recreational Dave. A great yeah.
1: it's actually DEA Dave because he, <laughs> he, he looks just like an agent
6: <laughs> <laughs> got a haircut <laughs> now I look like a freaking 70s porn star oh. <laughs> nice. yeah. that's a great show with Chris he's very knowledgeable Like uh, he helped actually help me get into the natural farming and um learned a lot from his videos yeah
1: well it's funny because i was like getting into organic and then recreational rosin took my like organics to the next level he's the one who got me into compost teas and all that jazz and uh then after spending a season with him i looked up lots of chris trump videos trying to go to where dave learned his shit you know what i mean Jedam and and that type of things K and F so yeah he's definitely the source of a lot of material and a, a hub of knowledge that's for sure.
0: Not only that, but Chris has kind of taken what Master Cho put out and kind of perfected it a little bit. You know, now that we have microscopes and testing and the ability to quantify a lot of this more, you can kind of refine it a little bit and and make it a little bit better. Like his liquid IMO recipe is a bit different than most of the others that teach, but it, it works better. You know, so. Well, that was a great tip that you were saying about, you know, put one bag of IMO and then another bag of, of fresh worm compost for the microbes. Like, it's a great idea. It's something that I will definitely be using here in the future. And, and we'll ask for like a, a liquid compost. Yeah, so we, we, we take the fun- or the rice, we cook it down and put it out for collection. And then we collect the fungi on it or we add the crickets and do it that mm-hmm. way. You know, the other method with IPMO. And then take that and weigh it and then cut it 50% with sugar, mix it all together, and then put a thin layer of sugar on top so that when it raises, it melts back down kind of to lock out the oxygen because the point of the sugar is to lock the oxygen out. And I know a lot of people are anti-sugar, but um, that, that's kind not of crazy free. considering that that it shelf-stabilizes this thing for three years and I can kind of pull those microbes off the shelf and wake them up whenever I want to. It, it makes it too convenient. Yeah. And not only that, but it's not expensive to have sugar around No. We've noticed with the IPMO, we had the IPMO outside, right? So the first day when we put it out, the ants found it and they were picking off the edge. After that, I'm not seeing a single ant on there because they got wiped out by the microbes. So that was something (laughs) I thought was really peculiar. You know, we don't have any of those same problems that a lot of people attribute to putting sugar inputs in our garden. I don't see them. You know, we have a couple of those red ants that are clearly hunting, you know what I mean? They're coming into the greenhouse somehow, um, but they're not, you know they're not damaging the plants, so I'm not I'm not worried.
6: You know those red ants out here. I actually saw uh, I was looking up solutions to control them in Thailand. They're like, oh, control them like mind control them? <laughs> no, like yeah. So these farmers on the mango trees will stream uh, line into their trees that the red ants use as highways um, to help like fend off other bugs and critters, and so they'll actually use the red ant as a defender, Um, and there's some blossoms that the ants will actually carve out and live inside of the tree and another tree out here. So like the red ants definitely are hunters and um, they might not mess with your plants, but like you said, they definitely bite. But what's good is, is they can keep the black ants at bay. And if you've been bit by a black ant out here, you'll know that's way worse than the red ant. The black well, ants.
0: I've been totally unafraid of the black ants because in North America the black ones are harmless, or you know maybe they can bite you, but they don't sting. But uh, so that's good to know.
6: Yeah, the black ones—they're mean. That—that that sting stings for a minute afterwards, like you've been hit with a hot, hot
4: needle. <laughs> yeah, but that's certain ones because some of them don't do it. Some of the black ones don't do nothing. Sure, but then are, yeah, but there are black ones here that yeah, they hurt worse than the red ones.
6: Yeah, in, they're, antigua,
4: they're in, Antig- in antigua we got
3: little red ones and they're tiny they're like microscopy you can barely see them but when those get on you they bite you so hard uh, that's our a week our black yeah. and our brown ones bite too mm-hmm. and they're enough to like that you like you're running and dashing them off your foot but like they don't like but our little red ones just oh that's what we got, we got,
4: got those of the day man uh-huh. swell up like everything yeah but on the mm-hmm. beach, dude, they got those. You'll be standing there, uh, all of a sudden, you realize you're on a hole. One of those, dude, and it lights you up like you wouldn't believe. You have to like run in the ocean to get them off. That's like literally the first thing you do. Cell phone flying out, everything out of your pockets to get in the uh, water to get those ants off you. <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> it's <even bad. laughs> and they leave like zits. They leaves like a. I don't know about you, but I used to get like a look like a a whitehead after each bite. Like they're gnarly it had some sort of venom or something in their bite. It, we get, I, no other, I, actually the ones here will do it. some of them. If, if you get a good one, they'll leave a, they'll leave a mark.
0: Well, that's, and that's another thing too, you know, all around our greenhouses is just gravel, right? So there's no plants for them to live on. There's no water sources, you know, they can make it into the greenhouse and find a little water and whatever else. But, you know, when we, we water or, or from the plant material, but there's no, they got to cross a dead zone. And that also keeps you know a lot of the snakes out and the other stuff because when they cross it, and they're basically bird food. So they don't want to risk you know crossing a big open area. They don't they don't like that, right? it's, it's dangerous yeah. for them.
5: But they have
0: found snakes in there before, which I'm I'm waiting to get bit on the toe, uh, walking <laughs> through the pallets one day. That's gonna happen eventually. <clears throat>
4: Yeah, I I feel you. I've seen enough of them. I don't like. I mean, like, I love snakes, dude. But coming here, I I think I I think way different than I used to think back in the states. Because we had like, I knew which ones were bad over there. There's not that many to know that can hurt you. And over here, dude, there's like way too many that can mess you up. Way too many. This is too many. Almost
0: like I think it's seventy percent or something, right? Or so I think there's more that can hurt God, you. like sixty, seventy percent of the ones here are venomous, which is very- <laughs> That's really too much for me, yeah. dude. It's almost much be yeah. Australian yeah. shit, but not as bad, but almost. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean we had a there was a dead Cape cobra around the corner on the by Seven Eleven the other day. So or monocle cobra, sorry, not Cape monocle. Mon- that you took, a, monocle.
4: You, took a, you took a picture of that or no?
0: No, no, that was. Somebody else took a picture of one the other day and sent it. in chat. Yeah, I seen I seen a king pop his head out,
4: not even an eighth of a mile from right here. There's like a, another little village that has some their store. Their store has stuff our store don't have here at our house. Like we have a little store here, at my mother in law's house next door. But
5: anyway, oh, so okay. I go over
4: there a lot. Yeah, dude, it popped his head out, and they go, "What got out about?" Six feet of it, but it wasn't even all the way out of the rice field yet. It was just got halfway onto the the road, and like it heard the motor or felt it, you know, they fill the motor coming. And they ducked back, but that was a big, big king, is what it was. Because I know that I know the color. You know the color, the striped and yep. the gold and the. Oh, yeah, man. the young ones are
0: all striped up, and then the adults are just fucking huge.
4: Dark, darker. Yeah, they're, they're dude. They're bad looking. Hey, check this out. I want to say this real quick. Yeah, uh, it's not a three thing, but it like starts off, start off at two at the bottom, but then it goes into uh, uh, one, two, three, four. But and they're all together. You see that the distance between it, those, yeah, you see that a four. But then it's it goes just, uh, up to like a three. Look, then the next one, the next one is a man. You two. can't get a good angle. The next one's a three. three one, two, and, and 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 three right here. See, there's a three, but then yeah. it goes up to a two, and it's got the biggest gap with nothing on this side, but yeah. there's a tumor, and then it goes up to a one. The next one's a one there, and then it yeah. goes to a three. then another three.
0: That's That's strange. Oh shit! I just kinked it.
4: <laughs> it anyway, and listen, it doesn't get any better, bro. It does, towards the top, it gets a I start. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a transplant, but it it's a. Uh, It's a bomb show, is what it is. And it's even got the... I noticed that it's even got some fucked up whipped uh, leaves that are all kind of whipped. This one's got a tweak in it. Uh, it, That's the freak show does that. Does anything freak related. Not anything, but most stuff has got some weird stuff like that. But this one here, I've never seen that. Like a two, four, one, three, two, one, three one
0: one two one is what i can see nice that's super trippy i haven't seen that one uh that's before that's defected <laughs> <I'm told. laughs> i mean uh i had a weird one let me throw this up on the screen because this is bizarre I mean,
4: it, it, the, the leaves aren't really mutated that much, and he, i mean, it looks pretty normal other than that. But it, this, the 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 leaf spacing is completely totaled. I've never had that. You can see this. I've had like, I've had like a lat section. What? Yeah, I was checking yeah, that on cool. the
0: IG. Yeah, you <laughs> put that on the IG. Yeah. Really strange. I don't know what this is, but.
3: I, I still stand by. I think it's a, some kind of short circuit in the uh, in the um, in its in its what it thinks it is. It, it just it's supposed to be leaf, but it thinks it's bud.
0: Yeah, it's like the leaf converted to bud tissue and then tried to flower because it's covered yeah. in trichomes. When I show you this in, under the microscope, a second. you can kind of see it in that picture. It's a really bizarre mutation in the leaf structure um where is it there we go you can see it's like a forest of trichomes it's really bizarre Mm -hmm. i've I've just never seen this before really strange Uh, there we go you can see it's like just one giant trichome base or something it's fucking bizarre nuts that's a trip right And it was only on one leaf, one leaf on one of the Thai plants, and that was it.
4: Man, some of these, uh,
0: I believe it's the Siam syrup
4: out there. She has the Siam OG, Siam syrup, and I think uh, a couple of the Race Freaks. What else? Um, And a bunch of the Freakasoid Freaky Fuel. That's what's. Gone, on but oh yeah and some of the freaky bass right i started a little fleet of those but she took all that over but now that they're like you know like three feet four feet tall
0: uh i just this, noticed this look to the, the yeah that, one's got to, that, that
2: one's are got not a in the
0: right place they're, oh. they're before the top of the trichome that's fucking weird and or is that another that,
3: one behind it you're seeing there
0: no, because look, this one has it too.
3: Yeah, that
4: one does. Yeah, you're right.
3: But if you look Weird. at it, they
0: all have it. Well, they're, they're not
4: Weird.
0: developing right. Yeah, that is amazing. That's actually, I've never seen nothing like that. I threw it in the freezer in case I need to sequence it or something later. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's a trip. And then if you guys haven't checked it out as well, I did a side by side video for. Um, how to tell mosaic virus from not mosaic virus? Um, this is another weird mutant that we I trashed today. This is that one that has the leaf coming out of the stem, oh, yeah. but this leaf here is like two two and a half feet wide. <laughs> it's fucking huge, but I don't know what the hell went wrong with this plant, but it is
5: not happy. Oh shit.
0: Uh, I thought that was just strange. I've never seen that before. No, that is
3: weird. That's different.
0: So, no. It's always fun when you pop, you know, just a thousand <laughs> of, you know, <laughs> of get You're going to
3: have those different ones. Fuck, you, find a, you can find a different one like that in a 10-pack, not to mention you start looking at groups at large.
0: Oh, yeah. Can't all be winners, right?
3: Nope.
0: <laughs> We did trash one strain uh, um, yesterday, it was getting mosaic virus on all the plants. So uh, apparently it doesn't like the lighting here. So we're going to trash that one and move on. But I'll we'll, uh, I'll tell the breeder privately on that one. But, uh, but yeah, there is one one strain out of all the ones that we've, we've got our hands on so far that was you know, genetics were not, not good for this environment at all, or they had something dormant in it that was just raging in the here. But that's also why we're super strict on like, all the scissors get bleached every time they change plants. And we're very, very big on biosecurity and not using the same tools on the same plants or anything like that. You have to be, especially doing pheno hunts where you don't know what the genetics are yet um, and what's dangerous. It's funny that the...
4: The ones that did the worst here for me or didn't like this, the grown here, uh, I noticed where a lot of the hybrids I took a seed mail and knocked it onto like stuff I got from from the clubs in Santa Rosa that were great stuff. But I think maybe they were uh, the memory of that plant was uh, never like really outside. That's how I had a feeling. Because they, I get th- those plants didn't do as good as the ones like I were were my fresh outdoor uh, seeds that I had made that I popped here did didn't like it me either but they didn't like, die like that in front the other ones didn't fucking die the just melted I that and that's where I noticed that I, I, the the four strains that I had all were like stuff I hybrid out off clones I
5: got from like buddies or. like that they're running the door I would also throw guys I thought we'd do a video today talking about mosaic virus so this is mosaic virus as you can see it's blotchy it's streaky it causes that leaf deformation you can see the streaking you can see it's streaky blotchy I've seen that so much here man
4: that's a lot
5: You can see that plain as day. It's starting on this leaf. And as you can see, it's screwed up the whole plant. As we zoom out, this plant, compared to Eight Sisters, is very, you know, way behind schedule. Nowhere near as vigorous. Okay. Now we'll contrast that with an actually mosaic, I'm not, ugh, an actually variegated plant. We're going to go down here through the forest of trees (laughs) to our plant over here which has actual variegation. So, As you can see this is true variegation and you can see here the leaves are split nice and even. That's natural variegation. This is what variegation looks like and you guys can see it in the early part of the video. It's not streaky, it's not blotchy, it's even. That's how you can tell mosaic virus, like the first bit one, versus actual variegation like the second one. Thanks for watching, hit that like and subscribe.
0: Anyways, I wanted to share that with you guys because I've never had both in the same location at the same time. I've always had one or the other because oh, through true variegation. Mutation. I've only seen it maybe three or four times in person. So to have them both here at the same time was really cool to put them both in the same video and kind of show that compare and contrast, you know, hardcore between the two. But I think hopefully that helps dispel a lot of it because a lot of people have mosaic virus and swear that it's variegation and then they end up ruining their crop and you know it's one of the most uh, debated things on instagram that's for sure but uh, hopefully that quick guide helps you guys it's always fun to do those kinds of things when you have access to some weird plants and try to turn it into some content so uh, what's new with you recreational rosin anything
6: else new with you oh you know just recovered from covid and uh killing 200 plants (laughs) did you give them covid i yeah they're (laughs) who knows what the hell happened to them i used some chinese peat moss plugs and everything that was in those of course died um that's what you get for not charging stuff right and uh then not being well enough to make sure you know things are on target but uh You know, nothing new and exciting except a couple more lights arriving today so I can uh, get things vegging a little bit better out here. I wish I had a setup like you've got over there, Potent. That's beautiful. I love your greenhouse, man. I'm just doing the one-man army over here, so nothing too fancy. But uh, it's, um, you know, one question I did want to ask Chris, because we've talked a lot about IMO, and I just haven't taken the Time to throw some rice out there. And I love your idea with the baskets instead of building a box because, yeah, those 20-bot um, baskets are available everywhere at every 20-bot shop around here. So it's easier to take some IMO ever than before. But I've always just used compost teas in my sprays and my foliar feedings and things like that. And I'll add whatever I want to feed my plants into the compost tea so that it gets. Um, you know, so that the microbes are in there, able to break things down, whether it's the fish or the fat um, guanos and other guanos that I can throw in there. Um, you know, I like to throw a uh, bubble them out for about 24 hours, even uh, just random bits of soil. Like uh, I, I bought a bag of silica and it's just these silica pellets and I let the uh, microbes that are in the leftover tea on that stuff a little bit and of course it starts raising the ph like crazy so um and you know i've been using that i haven't taken the time to cultivate an actual imo though and um but i've experienced some of the same things he was talking about where i don't see the same diseases because they just don't happen on the plants that i foliar feed uh this way and um I wasn't sure if it's just like beginner's luck that translated into a habit, or if it's really, you know, kind of the same biological concepts that are happening, whether it be a carefully cultivated IMO and, you know, collection collected in the, you know, in the nestles of a bamboo thicket versus some um, backyard compost and worm castings. You know, as it's, it's close enough if that's why it's working. Um, But you know, that's the next step for me is I do want to cultivate an IMO box and understand better the differences between IMO one and IMO two. I understand too, I like the concept of deactivating um, the microbes and making this shelf stable product for sure. Because you know, it's a pain in the neck to go out into the woods and collect IMO all the time. But um, you know, in lieu of that, I wasn't sure if I was just lucking out with compost because it's similar enough you know in, in that regards You're you're boosting the microbe population maybe not a specific microbe population but uh, definitely decomposers obviously since they're coming out of the compost pile and um, with a fungally dominated compost i should hopefully see you know more fun uh, more fungus growing since that's kind of what we're looking for, we're trying to boost our, our flowers. But uh, when you're trying to control populations, maybe a bacteria makes a lot more sense. You know, if you want to cover the leaves to prevent um, the issues, like with, uh, who was it, Septoria? You know, it's funny, I'm walking around the house and on every single leaf that's on the ground right now, there is a giant hole in it. There's like several holes in all of the leaves, and they're these just these tiny little, um, set, you know, tiny little holes that have been uh, burned into the leaf like with like a magnifying glass, but it's obviously that fungus. And so I have yet to actually put plants out in the sun and the rain uh, this season. So <laughs> definitely baking on some compost teas, but also we'll. Continue we will add the uh, IMO to the mix because it's pretty serious. I see it on every plant in the garden, you know, because they're not getting sprayed compost teas, like the the shrubberies and stuff like that. They're really not struggling with it, but uh, it's definitely prevalent. Um, I wonder if controlling that in our area where we have our plants will also help reduce the spread of it uh, when it comes to getting our plants that's probably another layer of spraying to add to the regimen hitting all the trees in the area
0: <laughs> that's what we do with the ipmo and the imo we carpet bomb everything in the greenhouse and everything around the greenhouse because it's not going to hurt anything but it will kill the bad stuff and um, right having those populations of microbes around is going to help eliminate those negative things i know when same thing in oklahoma you know we were growing on a. A couple acres of stuff out there. We carpet bomb the trees, and you know, we took the big tractor sprayer and just sprayed it like crazy everywhere, um, just to kind of keep that those bad microbes, mainly Septoria in Oklahoma, as well, at bay. But the big, biggest difference is compost tea is much more is um, like bacteria dominant, right? So whereas the IMO is is fungal dominant, so that's the biggest difference. So you're kind of getting different popular. You can use them together, um, but. Um, you'd want to kind of alternate, not combine them um, during application at least. But uh, I, IMO, I can't imagine not doing a farm on any kind of commercial scale without IMO. Like it it, it helps with too many problems. It yeah. just makes the plants yeah. vigorous. Like I don't have a bunch of random fucking problems with the plants other than, the you know, maybe from genetics. But other than couple times, we haven't had a single mold outbreak or mold issue in the greenhouse and, and everything else. So it's like, you know... In a, in a place that, you know, when we're in the middle of a, a rice field and not have mold problems is uh, yeah. you know, pretty great.
3: The, the first couple times that I uh, tried collecting IMO, I, I had some trying times, actually, I'll be honest with you. Um, uh, I had a, I went too close to an anthill and the ants just found their way over and emptied me a couple of times. Um, I also had, a, let's see, I, uh, I also... Uh, there was, I had, I had a bunch of ones that just bloom badly, just like reds and yellows and just a bunch of bad colors. So I, what I did with those is I collected those and I took out, I took out all that color stuff and tried to use just the white blooms that I had in the time being while I made other ones and got better collections. And since then I've had better collections and and less things. But, uh, one thing with the IPMO, I, that is when, that is when the ants will like come for miles Like IPMO, there's nothing that attracts them. Like IPMO, they're just like, just rice full of starch and like goodness. It's they're just like, oh yeah, give me that. And they, I mean, I've never seen them clear anything out so quick. I'm talking like three, four pounds of rice just gone in like two days. Like,
0: yeah, it's fucking nuts. That is the one thing we did. I picked up one box and it was filled with red ants, and that was fun. So you definitely have to watch out for. And you can tell when they've been in there because they have you can oh, see man. where they like dug everything out and, and all that. So, and that's not a problem, you know, Hey, the, the idea is you put out 10 or 20 samples. Exactly. if you get two or three good ones, that's, that's, that's great. Right. Like, especially when you're learning in the beginning, um, yeah. no big deal. Now we, you know, we'll get both here. Most of the time we'll put out 10 or 20 and we'll get maybe three or four fails uh, out of the, you know, out of that whole batch. But the one time when we put the boxes out, right. When the rice fields, like the week, the rice fields dried out completely. They were like, I think we had one or two good ones and all the rest were trichoderma, but they were it was blooming because all of the fields had just dried out, right? So sometimes, too, paying attention to the environment, you, know, you might have a week that's just going to be a bad week to collect, and that's fine, right? Like, it's not a big yeah. deal. Just try again next week.
3: You know? The aquatic IMOs are something I've been wanting to work on, and uh, I've just been too lazy, to be honest with you. But uh, I've I've been wanting to put them into uh, like you know uh, like you know what muskeg is like uh, I've I wanted to put them in moving muskeg and do collections in in there where it's flowing muskeg through the through it and yeah some bogs and swamps and stuff like that and try getting some uh, try some different areas of collection um, interesting to
0: see what the microbial populations look like under uh, muskeg because you Know
3: is it fungal? Is it bacterial? I would imagine it's probably bacterial dominant, but who knows? Yeah, I think it's bacterial dominant, but I'm not 100% sure. I, uh, I mean, I think it's a lot, I think it's a lot of both. I mean, I, I've collected near them and stuff, but yeah, I it's definitely something I've been I, I work on them every day, so I'm like played with the thought, played with the thought of like uh, doing collections there. Um. I have done. I have done um, like uh, JMS's, where you take the uh, cup of a cup of soil, and I've taken it from deep down in Muskeg and brought it back. And then you uh, uh, boil potatoes, and you put the uh, you put the potatoes in there, and then you bubble that, and uh, that turns into that turns into your Jadam micro solution. And I I've had really good success with that stuff. and it, it especially works best with uh with what seems to be uh dirt from the wetter areas the lower areas but yeah it um I, i've had good success with that you'll see usually after uh after i uh, inoculate with that you'll see a bloom of mushrooms or whatever on top of on top of the soil which is pretty cool
0: uh, that's another thing with the imo applications you get just a slew of different mushrooms in the garden it's yeah. one of my favorite things to do in the morning is see kind of what popped up last night, you know? So. Yeah, man. But I also look forward to doing some collections in the wet season because I figure we're gonna get much different microbes too. So right now it's been, you know, the very end of the wet season, beginning of the dry season since I've been out here. So we'll have completely different microbial communities in the forest uh, in a couple months.
3: Yeah, And I've been meaning to try, I've been meaning to try uh, winter collections as well and the reason the reason being i've always known that it's been good been a good time to collect because like that layer right at the bottom is always melting the snow and it's all actually a few degrees above zero all the time and uh so the within the forest out in the open it freezes but um I've like that would and then there's no insect pressure for me to worry about at that time. So it'd be interesting to see how a collection would come up over winter. Probably just leave it the whole winter and then pick it up in the spring or something as it's melting
4: out. Sure. So I have this area
6: where we toss all of our leftover veggie scraps. And speaking of ants, like colonies of different colors will come and just uh, form a crust over the food when we toss it out there and you know whether it's leftover rice leftover tomatoes and just whatever the hell um it's just been crusted over by these ants like little mini ant city has you know formed over it and you throw something out there and they just you know throw something on top of that like i wonder what that collection would do you know, because um, the ants have a serious bacteria in their stomach, and they're certainly pooping that out, you know, like, oh, yeah. what the hell is the net? <laughs> I'm not that I'm looking at this thing. We're talking about all of these inoculations. I wonder, it's got to be some kind of nitrogen, nitrifying bacteria in their stomach, like in the stomach of uh, termites, because whatever food scraps and stuff that the ants are, I mean, the reason why it stinks is because it's got lots of nitrogen in. It. Um, and so huh, something to think about. I might have to scoop that stuff into a bucket and what do you do? Top it off with sugar?
0: <laughs>
6: and then yeah, add water? stabilize
0: it. Yeah, you'd top it, you'd cut it fifty percent with sugar, uh, mix it together if you're trying to just stabilize it for, for long-term shelf self-use, but um yeah. Ant Ideally diet. maybe try to culture it on, on some medium like rice or something to like bulk it out a little bit. Be there you go.
6: Throw a bucket of rice in the bottom and then scoop the ant trap on there and top it off. Yeah, we'll play around. with it.
0: Throw the, and the then rice off extended. mix it up and wait till they're fully colonizing it and then just take it up and mix it together, even with the ants in it.
6: Right, right, right. Um Yeah, interesting. Okay, I have to play around with that. Waste not,
0: want not. Right. I'm definitely excited to try this liquid culture method to see if we can't make an IPMO a little easier. Uh, I think for a lot of people, you know, doing something they could throw in water is a little easier than putting something in the forest. And as we talked about earlier, uh, IMO boxes here is a hardcore sport um, that has very much the risk of death here, whereas in the United States, it's not not the, the same case so when you have to dodge cobras and vipers uh, you know you try not to go into the 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 untrailed forest quite as often as you do in the states
6: <laughs> Fair no enough. it's Fair true
0: man. the farmers you see them out there
6: in their big tall boots and it's not just because it's muddy it's because they don't want to die if they get bit yeah because it's mad
3: stylish bro <laughs> <laughs>
6: So there are those broad-ribbed hats, man. I actually love that crap. I'm as white as they come, ginger frickin' daywalker, and uh, boy, big hats are a big deal out in the equatorial sun. I'll tell you what.
0: Oh, I definitely. I want to get like a Mexican sombrero with like the Mexican yeah. flag on it. Something totally ridiculous. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. I thought it would
6: <laughs> The lady had one so big the other day in the field. I thought it was a prank. <laughs> it was
3: no she just knows what's up
6: exactly exactly no sun's touching her anything
0: <laughs> well you definitely can't especially between like 11 a.m and 2 p.m you can't be outside oh, yeah. like not in the full sun and and get anything done without just dying right? That's so, Exactly. but the siesta schedule is definitely uh i guess i prefer it significantly to uh regular schedule, you know, work oh, until the pot, eat lunch, take a nap, wake up, at you know four four thirty, start prepping, you know five o'clock, start actually doing stuff. on the I
6: grill pot. It just coincides with the siesta schedule so perfectly, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? It's the perfect Plus, you know, all the veg stuff. Day we day just day flip day. the lights on and and work at night, plowing and all, and. Because you can't, that's another thing, you can't really clone in full sun, with, you know, by the time you finish the tray, the first half is just fried. Right? So right. you gotta <laughs> have done to by clone at night.
6: We're at night best. So.
4: So.
0: Beautiful. Such is life in the tropics. Yep. So difficult you should get out of the down. snow. <laughs> yeah, bad. man.
3: Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's bad right now. It's all bad in Willits I lived
6: in the shadow of a mountain for like nine months out of the year I was freezing <laughs> my little house just got the shade all year and then there was a creek next to it and so it'd get this cool air on top of it oh my gosh you could throw a bag of 100 pounds down there and it'd be like in perfect shape six months later It was like better than throwing it in the freezer you just bury it in a little bit of dirt and leaves presto you've got OG and sour diesel in March when the prices started to return. <laughs> I did notice
0: the U.S. prices have stabilized a little bit.
6: Um, yeah, I guess lot, when uh, hire an army of cops to freaking crush everything.
0: Well, that and I think a lot of people are just, there's fewer growers now. Right now. Yep. And, uh, but one of the other things I think you're going to see, I think CBD flower is going to spike again because the country went from having like you know, forty or 50,000 registered hemp licenses to so like twelve, 1,700, like 1,800. So there's not that many people growing smokable CBD flowers. So even though the demand isn't quite as high, there's nobody making it. So.
6: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's understandable considering how much was sitting on the shelves forever. But uh, I'm sure things will, you know, st- all markets stabilize eventually, right? Smokable hemp's definitely a thing. Um, we were just talking about that the other day, I, when it came to Thailand, you still couldn't smoke weed everywhere, but the crew I was hanging out with all smoked cigarettes. And I almost started smoking cigarettes again, because there was just so much tobacco smoking everywhere. I would have been so grateful for a hemp cigarette, but now, um, although it's not bad to keep a few brain cells during the day, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind smoking like CBD uh heavy weed if it tasted good but i haven't smoked lots i've taken delicious cbd dabs but i haven't i haven't sampled cbd flour and granted i haven't sampled much being in thailand of smokable hemp that's like awesome i'm sure it's out there i just um never had the pleasure
0: i wanted to also say that the um, some stuff changed yesterday for the positive here in thailand um on the weed news uh, here in, uh, in the kingdom. Um, where is it? Uh, they're gonna require, they're gonna have, and this is not gonna be like a metric track and trace, but you're gonna have to report to the state uh, starting next year sometime, uh, how much inventory you have, uh, the source of the inventory and keep track of who you're doing transactions with um, for, the, for the government. Um, so you're gonna have like a point of sale track and trace for the retailers. Um, which is going to be you know, different. They're also going to require ID. So you're going to have to show your ID and prove you're 20 years old, which is fine. I don't think anyone has a problem showing ID to, to not you know, keep kids out of it. I think that's a good thing.
1: But there's um, going to be a machine that they're using to record everyone who buys it. And I've heard that they may have it so like Taurus and stuff can't buy it because they don't have Thai ID. Well,
0: I haven't heard of that. I mean, they'd be completely stupid to... Cut off the tourism market because that's what there's what's keeping the market alive right now.
1: Well, you have to remember, technically, it's all supposed to be a medical market, and the tourism is basically a wreck market. And yet, right now, yep. you don't want to have a wreck market according to the government. So there's a
3: bunch yeah, of sick. Yeah, there's the a bunch of sick tourists coming not. for treatment. Like
6: that.
0: <laughs> the FDA chief removed the part about it being a narcotic from Section Three of the hemp bill yesterday, which was huge. Um, So that really changed the legality of it in Thailand in terms of law. That was a really, really, I'm sorry, Wednesday, um, they pulled that off the bill. So that was a huge step in the right direction towards getting to to recreational. And one of the other opposition (laughs) um, is very strange trying to plug into the politics here on this issue, but uh, where is it? One of the politicians said that they were open to it being recreational in the future as long as it was regulated uh, heavier than it is now uh, and that was an interesting statement you know because you haven't heard any of the government officials saying anything about rec, and for them to make a comment like that yesterday was was pretty crazy let me find the link to it so i can put the actual quote on here so i don't want to misspeak here it is um open link there it is okay so this was the statement put out yesterday, or the day before, again, with the time zones and stuff. I forget what day it is. Um, opposition move forward party leader Peter I don't want to butcher his name, uh, said uh, Wednesday at a press conference that the parliament that the party may support use of marijuana for recreational purposes, but it must be regulated by the law and not without effective control at, uh, like at present cannabis is not a private matter it's not about emotions or a matter of a single party so that was a pretty big statement from one of the official parties of thailand uh you know in the positive direction so i think that uh now that they've had it recreational for three months and the sky hasn't fallen here since june i guess we're at month seven now the sky hasn't fallen there's not a bunch of car accidents there's not a you know none of the stuff that the naysayers said happen right so weird that happen. didn't
3: happen here in canada either
0: It's weird. Yeah, so strange. Everyone becomes a better driver when,
3: uh, like, we all didn't have it before, or something. Like, probably better weed too. But
0: (laughs) well, you know what it is. People just smoke instead of drinking, so there's less. There's less DUIs. You know, that's true. That is true. And if you get too high you know, you can't operate a vehicle. You're not, you're not going to try because you're just, your motor skills aren't there. Right. And exactly. And, whereas with alcohol, you can totally think that you can drive, you know what I mean? It's just not, not the same intoxication, you know, it's, it's completely different. So, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll just pass out in your car and wake up a couple hours later and not really know what happened You know, <laughs> you know you're not going to even try to drive. So anyways, good things, at least on the law side. I'm going to, I think we'll wrap up the show. Um, How do people find you there, Recreational Rosin, Dave?
6: Uh, They can find me on Instagram at Recreational Rosin, and I'll eventually get more active on there, but we really need a, I'm surprised you do so well with your uh, Instagram and other presences just because of the bannings and censorship and bull crap like that. But uh, for now, yeah, at Recreational Rosin, you guys can find me if you want to chit-chat.
0: I, uh, I've been thinking about doing a series Wes and I were talking about this the other day A series on like how to do what we do And how to not get taken down And not deal with all the stupid shit That happens to channels sometimes Because a lot of it is just what content you have on the channel Like I've almost lost this channel Because we made the mistake of, of getting um, For the one event the one uh, We had some seed sponsors and some other stuff And YouTube insta flagged all that shit And we, I almost Ooh. lost the channel So you got to be really careful with seed yeah. stuff um, or direct sites that have like flower for sale. If you link to any of that in the descriptions. um You know, eventually the YouTube spiders will find it and you know whack your shit. It's happened to me a couple times.
6: The blocks so, will get you.
0: Yeah, so that's definitely an issue. And then with Instagram, I, I have no fucking idea. Oh, this is my frankly honest <laughs> idea. I, I I don't sell anything on there other than my classes. And I don't, so I don't do seeds or anything like that. Most of the stuff I've seen people have issues with on Instagram is revolved around breeders or seed producers or seed resellers. Uh, I haven't seen that many people that aren't doing those types of things um, or advertising stuff for for sale uh, get harassed. I know it happens, but they don't seem to get harassed as often, but I've only had maybe two posts taken down by Instagram and they're both COVID related when we cover the COVID episode. Um, So that's all I've ever had taken down from Instagram and, and, you know, warned about. Um, gotcha that's good that's not too interesting but you know they went completely insane with all the covid vac stuff you guys can check out we had a, a really good episode about the relationship between the some of the mrna stuff and the uh, and side effects as well as how it relates to cannabis users and we had uh, multiple people on as well as kevin mckernan who was seeing some of the data as well and some of his research and all of other stuff and he helped develop some of the covid testing for vegetables and fruit and all this other kind of stuff so Guys know what he's, guy knows what he's talking about. It's not some random, you know, guy from, from Fox News. It's, it's someone that actually has a medical degree and has mapped out the genomic sequencing of, of the hoplite virus and a bunch of other things. Like the guy is, uh, you know, incredibly talented when it comes to the science. So, you know, um, it was a good episode. And then we also had Aaron um, uh, Newkirk, a guy I used to work with in Oklahoma who was severely injured by the jab and can't even smoke cannabis anymore as a result of it um, and the interactions he has when he smokes. So he has a, a tachycardia really hard. So, you know, it's not, the issue just was never addressed by the public and hopefully here now, as evil as the bastard is down in Florida, at least he's taken him to court over it. Yeah. You know, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Infamous? How do people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. at
1: infamous gardens underscore v 2.0 uh there's a link tree link in there uh, where it has all my stuff my link tree is link tree slash infamous gardens there's all the stuff there youtube facebook uh shit all the things social club infamous gardens uh don't get duped by imposters i don't know there's only the one and only so check it out yeah and uh how do people find you they uh
3: west uh all things a west engine uh instagram uh twitter all the all, everything basically uh you can find me as west engine and uh obviously over on uh Dat smoke show the uh premier s- show on uh, cannabis show um uh, most up and coming rising show greatest show on thing anyways uh, and where can people find you uh Moten?
0: um they can find me and put on soundcloud youtube itunes spotify all the things uh same with that smoke show um and uh, they can also check out the class we'll have us another little quick sale here for christmas if you haven't picked up one of the classes we're gonna put the class back on sale on the 20th uh, so look for flyers on that um but we've had quite a few people snapping up the class for christmas so we have the aquaponic cannabis class we have a living soil and aquaponics pest control course and we have, which I have a bunch more, con- it's already a full day of content, but I have a bunch of stuff filmed that I'm gonna edit to throw on there. that will be added to both of those courses about pest control, um, updated from out here. Uh, and um, um, also we have the mineral microbe class coming out next year as well, which I've been uh, in the process of editing right now. So um, yeah, well, if you are looking for aquaponic information, it's certainly a, a wide list of classes that you can find in the description here. And uh, what about you, Kanatai? How do people find you? I'm right here with you guys
4: and, uh, catch me at, uh, uh, Instagram can seeds and YouTube. I'm trying to get that fired. Up, also. Ties cool.
0: Awesome. All right, guys. I had to bounce out for a minute. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Uh, we'll have another tie grower, I think next week, um, uh, working on uh, a couple of different people to, to come on. And then we actually have a pretty cool person lined up for the, January. Um, we'll be having pigeon 420 on the show, which is one of the biggest, um, uh, YouTubers when it comes to, uh, uh, cannabis. So really excited to have him on. I was talking to him the other day. He actually used some of our con- content from my Instagram for his, uh, um, story on cowboy Cup. So it was super cool to, to jam with him on that. And, um, yeah, really excited to, to have him on. So. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll be back again, uh, next week with that smoke show on the other channel that smoke show.